Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is News Fighter news so you don't have to with Dylan Behan. Yes, g'day everyone. Welcome to episode 122 of News Fighters for February 2023. If you haven't listened before, News Fighters is an in-depth yet comedic look at the big stories in Australian news, media and politics. Presented by me, TV comedy editing wizard and future AUKUS submarine captain Dylan Bain. Yes, thanks for joining News Fighters this month. Once again on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. Uh, We had a great time with Irrational Fear down in Adelaide at the Fringe Festival. Thanks to everyone who came out and saw us there. And this weekend, we're at the Brisbane Science Festival on Sunday. Get your tickets now. But a little bit south of the border, the New South Wales state election campaign feels like it's been in full swing for months now. And I would totally understand if you haven't been paying attention to it, because most of the policy announcements have been Pretty uninspiring ones like this. The Premier was talking about water. He's hoping to hook voters with a $20 million promise to upgrade boating ramps and fishing facilities across the state. Yes, in New South Wales, 2023 will go down as the year of the boat ramp state election. Oh, jeez, this is the least interesting New South Wales state election I've covered, and I've only covered two. At least back in 2019, we had the spectacle of Labor leader Michael Daly's lucky meat pie. Before every election, I've been doing it for 30 years, I always go and have my lucky pie. A pie and strawberry milk. I'm here having my uh, lucky pie. What pie are you having, Mr Daly? Just a plain pie with a strawberry milk. Nice. Eating a lucky pie for breakfast at a local shop. He opted for his usual fortifying election breakfast, a pie and strawberry milk. For 30 years, has had a lucky pie, no sauce. Plain beef, no sauce. How are you feeling? Confident? Feel terrific to have my lucky pie. Hoping what he eats tonight is not humble pie. Anyway, strap yourselves in, everyone, because this episode I'm taking a deep dive into all the big issues in the current New South Wales state election campaign. And before I begin, 
I'm sad to announce that I just don't have time to recap the past 12 years of scandals that have plagued the O'Farrell and Baird, then Berejiklian, and then Perite coalition governments. You know, you know all the scandals. You know, the pork barreling or the branch stacking or the cushy overseas jobs for the boys or the fat koalas are facing extinction or the pandemic lockdown measures that unfairly targeted poor and migrant communities or the cracked rail carriages or the stuffing up of the bushfire recovery or the stuffing up of the flood recovery or the lockout laws that set our nightlife and art scenes back by a generation or the failure of the government to implement any of the recommendations from the Special Commission of Inquiry into the drug ice or the way they've used Strike Force Raptor to intimidate musical acts and try and get them to change their lyrics or the shocking stories of the sharing of pornographic images of parliamentarians by other parliamentarians. I just haven't got time for any of that. Besides... I'm sure it's probably already been covered by uh, friendly Geordies in a funny accent. No, I'm just going to assume you're up to speed with all the corruption and scandals, and we're going to jump right in to the uh, choices facing New South Wales voters this Saturday. So I hear you asking, who are the contenders for the top job? Well, first of all is the current Premier and former Treasurer, Conservative Liberal Party leader and millennial in name only, Dominic Perrottet. And isn't he good at talking up his own record? Well, we need to do better. Well, I've always said we've got to do better. Can we do more? Yes. He also needs to do better on knowing the ages of his seven young children. Mr Perrottet, name all seven of your kids in age order. (laughs) Just not the ages. Uh, Charlotte, Amelia, Annabelle, William, Harriet, Beatrice, Celeste. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can barely afford to have a cat. Perrottet has been Premier for almost 18 months and uh, his reputation's uh, held up despite uh, the fact that he admitted to wearing a Nazi uniform at his own 21st birthday party. Surprisingly, the Australian public were quite forgiving of this, uh, leading to this amazing Vox Pop. What did you think of him before this? Oh, he seemed like an upstanding member of the community, right? Seven kids. What do you think of him now? Seven kids in a Nazi uniform. Yes, that also sounds like a potential movie collaboration between Nancy Myers and Mel Brooks this holidays. Get ready for the heartwarming rom-com, Seven Kids and a Nazi Uniform. And then there's Labor leader Chris Minns. Now, if you haven't heard of him, don't worry because neither has anyone else. On a day when a small poll found the majority of voters in the Labor leader's knife-edge seat can't name him. Do you know who this man is? No, I don't. It's the leader of the opposition. I just can't remember his name in tom- on top of my head. Did you know this man? He's the opposition leader of New South Wales. Yep. Uh, Chris something. Yeah, no worries. Good luck with that. It's not like you see it as the most marginal in the entire state anyways. Also, there's probably a good reason why people in the Chinese community didn't recognise him. Chris Minns has suffered a little lost in translation incident. Cantonese speakers pointing out these characters, when spoken aloud, can also sound a lot like having to use a bathroom. Yeah, so finally, if any Liberal staffers are caught urinating on men's posters outside polling booths on election day, they've got an excuse. The poster told them to in Cantonese. Now onto Chris Minns' campaign itself, and it appears to be focused on one big issue. No privatisation under Labor. New South Wales Labor will never sell Sydney water. No more reckless energy privatisations. Sydney water is on the ballot at this election campaign. And we'll do it all without privatising Sydney water. There's no point selling your house to fund an upgrade of your driveway. Yes, and I think I speak for most people in Sydney when I say, what's a driveway? Geez, what's this guy's obsession with Sydney water? Oh, that's right, it's the only asset left that hasn't been privatised under the last 12 years of the Liberals. And fun fact I just discovered, it turns out that humans need water to live. I just discovered that. Thanks, Wikipedia. Yes, it turns out Min seems to be copying word for word Anthony Albanese's small target strategy where you 
don't promise anything very much and instead just say, oh, they've been in too long, give us a go. The Premier of New South Wales leads a team that's been in power for 12 years and is asking for 16 years in office. Now, that's a long period of time for a team whose best days are behind them. They're asking for 16 years in power. Their best days are behind them and their most experienced leaders have already departed. Our message to the people of New South Wales is straightforward. Vote for change. Yeah. It's pretty similar to Albo's pitch from last year. Uh, give us a crack. On speaking of Albanese, while Mr Popularity Peter Dutton hasn't been seen anywhere on the New South Wales state election campaign trail, Albanese has been very visible, making multiple appearances like this one. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese joined Labor leader Chris Minns on the campaign trail. The pair went to a pub in Balmain before visiting a Leichhardt childcare centre. Yes, they visited a pub, then a childcare centre. And I think we have a clip of Albo at the childcare centre here. And no one... Chris Minns, who will be a fantastic Labor Premier, to have a majority on the floor of the Legislative Assembly. Oh, geez, maybe maybe switch to the light beers next time, Albo. Unfortunately, Minns also appears to have stolen Scott Morrison's election campaign strategy of showing off his shit musical skills in public like he did here on the Kyle and Jackie O show. What about some no more ACDs? Like yeah, oh, yeah, it's under yeah. oh, it's a little bit of Akadaka. Oh. oh my god. What? Oh. Thanks Minzy, that'll fix the housing crisis. Ugh. Oh, are we are we going with Minzy? Sorry, I didn't any satirists listening. Can you, can you have we I haven't heard haven't got a memo. Are we going with Minzy or or something bit more Aussie, like Chriso, or are we going to do a ScoMo thing and, and like, first name, last name it? So it'll be, like, Cree-me. Chris Minns, Creamy. Will will that be his nickname? Anyways, the rising cost of living appears to be the single biggest issue for voters this election, with rents, mortgages, power prices, groceries, and transport costs all eating up more and more of the weekly family budget. But don't worry... Chris Minns has a big plan. Labor's big policy is to scrap the public sector wage cap, which currently limits pay rises to three and three and a half percent. And so we can strike a fair deal for essential workers right across New South Wales. We will remove the wages cap. Yes, this is great news for public service workers. This will help the public service hire and retain workers and help them with their cost of living issues. However... Unless there's also a rent cap, I'm not sure how this isn't going to just keep feeding inflation and keep making housing and everything else more expensive for everyone. Has anyone thought this through? Meanwhile, power prices are also shaping up to be a huge election issue with no let up in sight. Good evening. It's going to be a cold and costly winter for many in Sydney, with authorities flagging a 23% jump in power prices from July 1, the biggest increase ever. Power prices are set for a steep increase of around 20%. Yes, electricity prices keep going up and up, but I think this pensioner's figured out a surefire way to beat the system. 90-year-old Reg has an easier path. With a bit of luck, I'll die in the meantime and I won't have to worry about it at all. Yes, that's one way to beat the high living costs associated with late-stage capitalism. Just stop living. Thankfully, both parties have a plan to bring power prices down. And Labor's is to create a state-owned energy corporation. And, well, won't it provide immediate relief? I'm going to be honest with the people of New South Wales and say that the benefits of this policy will be felt six and seven years down the line, and it's not possible for me to explain. Seven years? They're going to have to wait? It's important that I get this out. Okay. To make sure that you've got firming power, particularly in relation to pumped hydro, those projects take a lot of time. On power bills, then... 
your state-owned energy company, seven years it'll take to have any impact on a family's energy bill. Seven years. Is that fair? I think in context it's the right policy for what we're facing today. And the voters are smart enough to say Labor's got a plan for long-term energy reform in New South Wales. The Liberal Party's got a cash handout. Wow, Chris Minns has a lot of faith in New South Wales voters there, thinking they'll prioritise long-term structural reform over a quick sugar hit cash handout, which is exactly what Perrottet and the Liberals are proposing to try and fix power prices. A half billion dollar election sweetener is now on offer worth $250 per household just for looking at a website to compare power prices. And here's the important thing to note. You don't have to switch to get the discount. You just have to look. Is it really responsible to be paying $250 to anyone just to Google their power provider. Absolutely, because we want people to go online and see if they're on the best deal possible. Yes, that's right. The Liberals are going to give you a $250 power price discount just for going on the internet. Finally, an excuse for me being online all the time. Honey, are you looking at duck videos again on the internet? Uh, no, honey, just uh, shopping around for power prices. Meanwhile, Labor's decided to match the $250 rebate, but only offer it to a much smaller number of households in a much more targeted way. Labor is promising the same amount, but to just half the households, with only those on income support, pensioners and seniors eligible. Yes, Labor, of course, in typical Labor fashion, has completely forgotten about working poor people. But but since when was the Labor movement about working people anyways? Uh, That's what I want to know. Sorry, working poor people, you should have been even poorer. Also on the cost of living crisis, the Liberals have announced a policy to try and bring down the cost of groceries. And that policy is to add more bureaucracy. And just watch how good Premier Perrottet was at selling it at the Channel 9 debate. You have said that you will bring down grocery bills by appointing a new supply chain commissioner. So, for example, on a basket of groceries that costs $100, how much cheaper will that be? Well, we know, Liz, in terms of the cost of inflation, that one of the biggest impacts on that is supply chain costs. And so putting this commissioner in, I can't give you a dollar figure on that, but what I do know, what I do know is that we can get produce from port to plate faster and working with the industry, that will put downward pressure on grocery prices across our state. Yes, Dom, I'm sure those famously disorganised fly-by-night operators known as Coles and Woolworths don't know anything about logistics and have just been winging it the whole time. They definitely need some government help in this area. What the hell? What what will a supply chain commissioner do anyways? Uh, Turn on the shat signal to get toilet paper back on the shelves? Then we haven't even got to the Liberals' big new signature cost-of-living policy they've announced this election, giving free money to rich babies. An investment in children that will set up the next generation. That's how the Premier describes his signature election promise of $400 per child in an Australian First Kids Future Fund. The government would deposit $400 to start the account. Each year, parents can contribute up to $1,000, with the government matching contributions dollar for dollar, up to $400. Assuming interest of 7% and regular parental contributions, the fund could reach between $28,500 and $49,000 by the time the child turns 18. Only then can they withdraw it to spend on either a house deposit or for skills and education like a university degree or TAFE course. Children whose parents receive family tax benefits would get an automatic $200 a year from the 
government. And importantly, it furthers the central mission of our Liberal Party to spread equality of opportunity far and wide. Yes, that's right, and nothing spreads equality more equally like making sure already well-off kids graduate high school with an extra 50 grand in their bank account to go towards paying off their hex earlier or get them on the property ladder sooner. Now, that's real equality, Liberal Party style. Perrottet tried to sound empathetic when introducing this policy. Well, now this is all about making sure that our children have greater opportunities than we do. Right now, it's the opposite. We burden our children with hex and housing debt before they even start. We're all worried about our kids' capacity to be able to buy a home uh, and also the cost of education. Yes, Dom, if only somebody could do something about the massive sky-high cost of housing and education in this state. If only somebody could do something. Yes, the Kids Future Fund policy is such a clearly bad policy favouring the rich, it even turns Sky News accidentally left-wing. What are these 18-year-olds going to be doing with tens of thousands of dollars? I'm sorry. Pay you back to the government for their education, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Help you get into the housing market to pay you $50,000. That might cover the state government's uh, um, land tax or uh, financial (laughs) duties. It's outrageous. Yes, and talking about the Liberals trying to patch over problems that they themselves created, they're also trying to win favour with toll road drivers and public transport patrons after years of increases. The Premier making a promise to cut the Opal cap from $50 to $40 a week, saving almost $500 a year. Some cash flow relief is coming for half a million motorists across Sydney with road toll rebates offering up to $750 back. And we want to use our financial strength to help budgets right across New South Wales. Perrottet's so brazen at trying to fix the problems that his party created that I'm amazed his election slogan isn't something like a vote liberal this state election because only the liberals can bring down the high prices that the liberals are responsible for. Well, at least Sydney public transport's going to be capped at $40 a week if the Liberals win, because (laughs) this is a public transport system definitely worth paying money for. Good evening. Sydney's transport systems are in chaos tonight. Sydney's entire train network was brought to a standstill today, leaving thousands of passengers stranded. How are you going to get home tonight? I don't know. The entire rail network was shut down when communications failed. They can't keep doing this to us. We're paying our fear. Live wires fell onto the train trapping more than 500 passengers. I've been working for 50 years and I've never seen it as bad as what I've seen it. It's an absolute joke. People have been forced to wait hours for trains. So this two times this week I've missed shifts and that's money out of my paycheck. So people are being told to avoid train travel if they can, but good luck if you can find another way home. Commuters advised to delay travel if they can, maybe stay in town for a beer. Absolutely crap. Yes, what a group of satisfied customers Sydney Public Transport commuters are. The official slogan of Sydney Trains should just be, go to the pub instead. Imagine any other service or product where this counts as a good review. Absolutely crap. Thank you for your compliment, sir. Can we use it in the new Sydney Trains advertising campaign? Meanwhile, Labor's election-winning infrastructure strategy is that they're going to build less infrastructure because, you know... Sydney isn't growing at all and everything works perfectly all the time. A major tunnel project through the Blue Mountains would be scrapped under a Chris Minns premiership as Labor seeks to tighten spending. It adds to a growing list of government projects Labor will shelve, including a metro from Westmead to the Eritropolis, raising Warragamba Dam Wall 
and the Northern Beaches Link. I am not going to sell essential assets in New South Wales to build infrastructure. Now, the Premier has a $50 billion infrastructure plan that is completely unfunded. Yeah, it might be completely unfunded now, but have you seen the cost of public transport in the city? Those new metros will be paid off in no time. Anyways, maybe Chris Minns is right and we can't actually afford to build any more infrastructure, but... Personally, I can't really afford to put up with the infrastructure the way it is at the moment. I have to allow three hours a day to commute to a job 12 kilometres away. If we don't build any more infrastructure in this state, me and everyone I know are just going to move to Tasmania and live in a treehouse and eat bugs because that's better for my mental health than dealing with Sydney public transport on a daily basis. Anyways, at least Labor has said they're going to do something for drivers by introducing a $60 a week toll cap. You know, finally getting those toll costs down to a a much more manageable $3,000 a year for just driving in Sydney. But but even that comes with strings and more bureaucracy attached. You're giving truckies and tradies a rebate to drive on the M5 and the M8. What about truckies who use the M7, M2, M4? Do they not matter? No, they do matter, and I'd love to do more. It's one of the reasons we're we're appointing Professor Alan Fells to do a full review of tolls in New South Wales. Oh, perfect. A toll review. Reviews always work great. Just look at all the high-speed rail lines Australia has now after 30 years of non-stop reviews. Oh, and speaking of proposed reviews that are intended to achieve absolutely nothing, that's also Labor's answer to the government's proposed cashless gaming card for pokies. The coalition has promised to make poker machines in pubs and cubs cashless by 2028. Labor has committed to a trial of cashless gaming on 500 of the state's 90,000 machines. In relation to cashless gaming in New South Wales, we'll have a trial of 500 machines and an independent panel that will make a recommendation to the New South Wales government. In short, Alex, if it works, we'll do it. But I want to make sure that when we pursue policy in New South Wales, we know that it will work. And my reluctance in relation to this and the need to have evidence-based processes in place is because it's in uh, operation in only one place around the world, and that's in Norway. Is part of this about trying to avoid a uh, powerful campaign against the Labor Party from the clubs lobby? No. Yes, he's not afraid. Just because registered clubs donated over $400,000 to the New South Wales Labor Party between 2011 and 2021 doesn't mean Chris Minns isn't going to stand up to them. Yes, in fact, Labor's attitude to the cashless gaming card is a bit like if your flatmate proposed uh, that the uh, flat had a housework schedule uh, so the house was clean. And you're like, look, this everyone cleaning the house on a schedule thing hasn't been proven to work anywhere or right. I propose a four-week shared housework trial, and then we can get an independent panel to rule whether having a housework schedule is right for this house. Just because Norway has it doesn't mean it'll work here, all right? Mind you, it turns out Chris Minns might not wind up having a choice on the cashless gaming card, because if Labor is in a minority position and they need to do a deal with the Greens to form government, well... It's going to be conditional on their support. The Greens will also be seeking a commitment to a mandatory statewide cashless gambling card for our support. (laughs) Just to be clear, we won't settle for half measures. 
and we won't be fooled by a trial that has been set up to fail. Yeah, isn't it funny how we haven't heard much from the Greens this election campaign in the media? I'm guessing it's because their lefty, hippie, socialist policies are are so out there they just alienate the mainstream. The Greens are pushing for an immediate rent freeze. Demanding no new coal or gas projects, rent control, a cashless gaming card and scrapping anti-protest laws. Jeez, what are the Greens thinking there? A rent freeze to bring down the cost of rent? Haven't they heard the only way to fight the cost of living crisis is to give out free money to well-off parents and have inquiries and appoint powerless commissioners? Didn't they get the memo? So in conclusion, New South Wales voters are faced with an unenviable choice this state election. The Liberals and Nationals are obsessed with handing out free money to people who don't really need it in the hope that everyone forgets what a corrupt shit show they've been the last 12 years. Meanwhile, Labor's plan if it wins is to try and appear slightly less corrupt than the other guys while kowtowing to their own special interest donors and simultaneously building nothing in the hope it makes them appear to be fiscally responsible until one day we all wind up living in the park across the street from our work because nobody can afford to rent anywhere anymore and anyway, it takes 14 hours to get to work on the train because they're so old and overcrowded. Yes, and faced with these two Terrible choices at the ballot box this Saturday. I think it's safe to say that all New South Wales voters can kind of relate to 92-year-old Reg's attitude about the state of the world. With a bit of luck, I'll die in the meantime and I won't have to worry about it at all. Alrighty, that's News Fighters for February. Thanks for listening to my big uh, New South Wales state election a deep dive. This episode took over 50 hours to create, so if you enjoyed it, please pitch in to the Irrational Fear Patreon at patreon.com slash Irrational Fear. Newsfighters is written, produced, and edited by me, Dylan Bain, for Irrational Fear. You can follow me on Twitter at Dialabolical or email me at Dylan at Newsfighters.com. Don't forget, all new episodes of Newsfighters are now on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. Subscribe at Irrational Fear. Or you can watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash newsfighters. And Newsfighters is on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at newsfighterspod. Or if you want to keep up with all things Newsfighters, sign up for our free newsletter at newsfighters.com. Alrighty, that's it for now. I'll uh, see everyone in Brisbane at Irrational Fear this weekend. Keep fighting and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. Seven kids in a Nazi uniform. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Welcome back to Two Judgy Girls. I'm Mary from the Bay. 
And I'm Courtney from LA. TJG is the podcast where we spill all the tea on your favorite reality TV shows, celebrity gossip, and everything in between. We're here to bring you our unfiltered opinions, hilarious commentary, and plenty of laughs along the way. We're two SDSU Delta Gamma sisters with a microphone and a whole lot of opinions. Each week, we dive headfirst into the wild world of reality television, from Bravo to all the trash TV you could want. We break down the drama, dissect the latest scandals, and share our thoughts on everything from the jaw-dropping moments to the embarrassing antics. But that's not all. We're not here to just gossip. We're here to connect with you, the jurors, and share our love of all things pop culture. Whether we're dishing on the latest celebrity breakups, discussing our favorite guilty pleasure movies, or sharing embarrassing stories from our own lives, we promise to keep it real, keep it fun, and keep you coming back for more. Come judge with us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. 